this is Rob Coburn, and we are excited that you're joining with us today. If you're a part of the Summit Dover family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at the Summit Dover on all social media outlets and on our website, thesummitdover.com. We can get you plugged into our app or our YouTube channel, as well as giving options and opportunities to connect with the Summit Dover family all around the world. I hope this word today encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. There's a few scriptures that I felt the Lord wants to share about Jesus today. Oftentimes I feel like we get caught up in the program, doing the thing, and we miss him. And so we can get into a place where we do things out of routine, including this, and miss him. And miss the power that comes from worshiping the King of Kings. And I wanna read you a scripture this morning that I believe will embolden you to worship him in a new way. In Amos 9, yep, the Old Testament. In Amos 9, verse 11, it says this, On that day I will raise up the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I believe we're in that day. He's raising up the tabernacle of David. Now, I'm not here to talk about David, although he is a good person that we could preach sermons on, but this is all about Jesus. And it says, and repair its damages, and I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old. He's bringing the bride back to him. For so long we have been doing what we feel is right in the earth. We've made things that are not of him, like him, because we add a tablespoon of Jesus into the thing to make it be like him. And he's saying, listen, I am preparing my bride, pure bride. This is what it says in verse 12 that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does this thing. Verse 13, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him who sows seed. The mountain shall drip with sweet wine and the hills shall flow with it. He's talking about revival in the body. He's talking about an awakening in the body and in the bride. I will bring back the captives of my people Israel. They shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them. They shall also make gardens and eat fruit from them. I will plant them in their land and no longer shall they be pulled up for the land I have given them, says the Lord our God. There's a significant thing when we do what we just have been engaging in, which is worship. It is so enriching to the Lord that we would come and make something about him. 
And it's one of the greatest things that we have the honor of doing as believers. I believe it with all my heart that, that to get into a posture of worship and to ascribe worth to the person who gives us breath and gives us life is one of the most transformational things. But if we leave it there, I believe we miss what the scripture is talking about. I believe that we miss that as we worship and we give God a song from the depths of our being, we begin to see around the world, hard hearts become soft. Because it's not just what's happening in this room. We've got friends that are in Kenya today. We've got friends that are in the Ukraine today. We've got friends all over the world. They're doing the same thing we are. And as we ascribe worth to Jesus, his spirit moves around the globe and softens hearts to be harvested into the kingdom of God. And so sometimes we, we're like, okay, worship, it's good. We've got an amazing worship team. We, you know, we could have two people up here like right now and the presence is still flowing. We've got an amazing team. But oftentimes we can think that it's about what's happening in this room right now, but it's not because as we ascribe worth to Jesus, the Holy Spirit begins to move and break out around the globe and we can see people that we've never met, princes and kings of other countries, that have never even heard about Jesus, their heart becomes softened because we're back in the days of Jesus restoring the temple of David. You see, I think the devil distracts us. He distracts us oftentimes from getting into that selfless worship by leading us and asking us questions that the Lord doesn't ask us. You know, if, if, you, if you can imagine being a pastor, there's 198 churches in the county. And I meet with about 30 of them a month, pastors just randomly, or sometimes we have meetings and you begin to hear what God is doing in different places and you can begin to compare yourself. And when you compare yourself, you actually detract from yourself and what God is doing. And so the enemy will ask questions like, well, should you be doing this? Or should you be doing that? Or are you, are you just a Holy Spirit guy? Are you just a Pentecostal? Should you go back to your roots as the Baptist and focus on the word? Are you a word man or a spear man? Are you, are you looking for signs and wonders? Or are you just gonna speak the word? And what? ask all these questions and the Lord never calls us to answer those questions. He never asks us to answer those questions. The song that we just sang, it says, and all of this is for you. You know, I, I, I hear that, I'm not against the song in any means, but I think oftentimes it's, we think that what we do gets attention from the Lord. We've been taught that, has anybody else been taught that if we're obedient to what the Lord says, we do this and we do that and we do this and we do that and we behave, Stephen, we behave, right? We keep it in line that God's gonna look down on us with favor and honor and glory and pour out his blessing upon us. Eric Gilmore has a quote that I love and it says, the motivation of the Christian life is not to behave, but to behold. 
not to behave, but to behold. His love is not contingent on you behaving. But somehow we get so distracted with the questions of the enemy that I have to look a certain way, be a certain way, act a certain way, do all this stuff just to receive something from him in which is a complete lie of the enemy. Because your existence and being here in this place, on this planet, in this hour, he loves you whether you acknowledge him or not. He loves you whether you engage in all the things you should be doing or shouldn't be, whatever, he does it. His love is always pouring out over you. The question is, do we have the capacity and the willingness of our heart to say, I wanna receive what you're pouring out? And so the enemy will distract us with questions about where we came from, what we did, are we qualified, all those things that Jesus never asked us. He just said, are you doing what I've asked you to do? Because he did. The scripture says he only said what he heard the father say and he only did what he saw the father do. And I've often asked the questions about how many times did Jesus walk by the man on the pool? Or how many times did he walk by the gate? How many times did he walk by all these people before he either performed a miracle or before he went off and released the disciples to do it? His love did not change for those people, but he was only doing what he heard the father say and he saw the father do. And my question this morning is, have we made this thing that we call church more important than Jesus? Because one thing I know is when we get into the presence of Jesus, all the things of this world dissipate. You see the church, in America at least, and I'm all for prophetic stuff and I'm all for faith stuff and I'm all for all of it, it's all good. But I think that we have to bring it all back in and say the, the decisions that are made by our government do not affect our focus on Jesus. The, the things that are happening in our community should not detract us or distract us from focusing on Jesus. Because when we focus on him, we get the dominion that we had. You see, Abraham, had all the blessing, but he had no dominion. Grasp that. He had all the provision, he had all the stuff, but he didn't have dominion. And when Jesus came, he brought dominion and all the stuff. And so when we worship him, we gain dominion and truth that we can then take to the world. But the problem is, I believe, at least my one of my bents is that I start to get caught up in all the stuff and so I look to the stuff and then I go back to God and say what would you do and then I go to the stuff and then I go back to God and say what would you do our goal and what the scripture tells us is that we should be so focused on Jesus that all the other stuff doesn't even come on our radar until he gives us a word to go do it because he walked by people that would eventually in scripture, as you read the, the gospels and you read through Acts, they would get touched and healed, yet he walked by them every day. Does it mean that he didn't care for them? No, he loved them, but the father didn't say do it. And oftentimes I believe that the enemy gets us to do things that the father isn't saying to do because it sounds good. And he's calling the bride He's calling the church, he's calling believers to be pure of heart. And the only way that I know 
To become more pure is to get attached to something more pure than I am. I had somebody say about a meeting that we were in, man, you preached an amazing message and look at all the people that you touched. It's not about me. I wanna be close enough to him that he comes through me and touches all those that need to be touched because if you come to this meeting to see Rob, you're gonna be sorely disappointed. But if you come to meet him, he will never disappoint you. So what the devil does is he, he takes the, the desire of our heart to be good and the religiousness that we've been taught all, all our lives and he tries to put us into a box of performing to receive something. And he doesn't, the Lord doesn't want us to perform at all. Remember we talked about during, when we were talking about offense during that sermon series, the Lord has no expectation of you other than to turn to him and rely on him. That's his expectation is that you will love him and that he can use you. There's this moment in our lives and I hope that you've been there once, but I'm asking for it again in this whole body where the Lord can reach down inside of you and find a part of you that is so sanctified and set apart for him that he can take that piece and he can use it to flow through you with his love for those around you. Now that takes some humility. It takes some death. It takes a lot of carpet time. To get to a place where you say, Lord, there are pieces and we're all growing in this. There are pieces of our life that are completely open for you to use. And I would dare to say that everybody in the room, including myself, there are doors and pieces of our life that we've not even opened for him to use. And he is so desperately wanting a relationship with each of us that he wants us to sacrifice the control that we desire to have over our life. He wants us to sacrifice that to receive his control over us. I'm just asking him how far to go, so. I believe there is coming a day when labels and tribes will not matter anymore. Now I'm all for our denomination and all that stuff, but I believe that the Lord is calling the church to a time when the labels and the tribes and the, the, the groups don't matter anymore. Everyone has laid all that stuff down and we're just focused on him. And you say, wouldn't that be chaos? Well, what I see in scripture is those who were free to worship him in spirit and in truth saw major transformation. Radical things happened. And in this hour, I believe he's calling the church back to lay down the things of man and pick up the worship of me and watch what I will do. Watch what I will do. For those of you who have toiled in your life, you've tried to live up to a standard that someone else set for you, some human being, rest and watch what he will do when you make much of him. So back to the 
comparison. We, the enemy will get us to ask things. He'll ask us questions and try to get us to answer things. And once we answer a comparison question, we've lost our fruitfulness. When we say I'm all about the spirit or I'm all about the word, when we make that decision, we've lost fruitfulness in the thing we've said no to. But when we say yes to Jesus and we focus on him, then we have access to everything else. And so the enemy continues every single day to push on you, to get you to say yes to things and no to things that the Lord never asked you to say. He says, worship me, worship me, worship me. So in this next season, I believe that the Lord is going to be revealing to people this concept. It's already happening. We're already watching people say, these things that are of this earth don't matter. We just want to focus on Jesus. And when they focus on Jesus, he puts his hand on those people and watch what happens. The revivals of old where stadiums are filled, amazing. But what I believe he's gonna do in the next hour is put his hand on bodies of people in cities and see the manifestation of his kingdom come to pass in those cities because those people were willing to make it all about him and not about a program. That's where we're gonna be. So I'm just giving you the heads up. That's where we're gonna be. See, I believe that sometimes we've fallen in love with the mechanism and not the person. We get caught up in behaving and doing instead of being caught up in him. And I believe it slows us down. It makes us exhausted. It takes us places we never wanted to go. But I see a generation rising who are going to say those things will get done but after I make him number one I know some of you have thought this thought before because I've thought it. What if I don't show up to do what I've committed to do? Will I lose the passion and desire I have to do that thing? And I'm going to tell you this this morning. If you are passionate about something in the kingdom of God, but it's exhausting you, and you step back from that thing and you begin to focus on Jesus and you make him your all in all, the passion to do that thing will become even stronger. Your desire to do the thing that God has called you to do, the dream in your heart will actually become stronger as you make him number one. Because it's in the being with him that we find all joy and peace. And so we scurry around doing the things that we've committed to which maybe we have to lay down. But we do the things that we've committed to and we get so consumed with behaving that we don't behold. 
if we are abiding in his love and in his life, then the fruit of that will be an acceleration of the gifts that he's put in us. And I believe that what's happening in the church and what's gonna happen here at this house that we call the summit and all those who we send out is that his abiding presence and his love will so consume us that many things will get done. It's amazing what he's gonna do, but it's gonna first take us resting in him and realizing who he's called us to be. I wanna go back to Amos. On that day I will raise up the tabernacle of David which is falling down. Do you realize that for a whole generation of people, not 20 years, not 30 years, for a whole generation of people, there was worship going on in the tabernacle 24-7 for a whole generation. And we come and we sing four songs. We do our worship at home, hopefully. We get in our quiet time but it's not continuous for a generation. Is that wrong? No, but we're working towards something here. The Lord is calling us into something. He's calling us deeper into a walk with him. There's a remnant that God is raising up in the church that is gonna leave everything behind to focus on him. And I don't know where you fall in that spectrum. But I'm telling you today that my heart's desire is that you will become addicted to his presence. Addicted to his love. Addicted to who he is. You see, when we experience failure, when we experience brokenness, we have holes inside of us that only he can fill. So as David and as they were ministering in the tabernacle, there were things happening around them that they didn't know were even happening, but God was actually working in the enemies of Israel and, and he was changing things. He was working in their own hearts. He's always working, which means we shouldn't be. We should always be beholding because while we're beholding, he's working. The harvest is ripe. Pray for laborers. That's you, that's me. We're here in this moment to experience the harvest of the Lord like has never been on the planet before. And my concern and the reason why I'm speaking today is because my concern is that we'll be so consumed with doing the work, doing the work, doing the work of ministry that we'll miss the being. We've all exercised our faith for something. Yes, we've exercised our faith to see something that God has promised come to pass. And my question for you is if you've exercised your faith on something that God has spoken to you, 
Did you take time in exercising your faith to actually meet the one who is the author and finisher of your faith? Have you actually stepped back from exercising that faith? And I'm all for that, but if we're exercising our faith at the loss of meeting with him and focusing on him, we've made our priority the object of our faith instead of him being the object of our worship. And he's calling for a people in this hour to lay down those things, make him first, and then pick up what he has ordained us to hold. I went to a Bible study probably five years ago with a friend of mine and uh, one of the things I love about his Bible study, we went there for a couple of years, but one thing I love about his Bible study is every time you walk in, you take your shoes off in the house, right? That's what we do. And he would always be standing there for the 50, 60 people that came in his house. He would always be standing by the door and he would say, when you take off your shoes, take off your beliefs. And we're gonna meet Jesus. And when we meet Jesus and you leave, you can pick up the beliefs that agree with him. And anything that doesn't agree with him, we've got a great cleanup crew that'll come in and sweep it all up, take it all out to the trash. Because the enemy gets us to believe so many things that aren't Jesus. We ascribe our worth to things that aren't Jesus. So I guess what I'm saying is that oftentimes we can get caught up in the method and not the person. The what is actually a who. The when is actually a who. The how is actually a who. Every question you're asking the Lord is actually Jesus. And when you get in his presence and you make him number one, all those answers, all those things begin to go away. And when they come back, they're suddenly answered. May not be the answer that we want, but they're answered. So he's calling the church. I believe the Lord is calling the church in this hour to worship in a new way. To worship, not just thinking that when we worship in this room that we're worshiping him and he'll come. That is true. But I want to stretch your imagination this morning. I want to stretch your belief in the Lord that when you actually worship him and you ascribe him worth, that things will shift around the globe because of your obedience. And that as we talk about him, the Holy Spirit is working in people, even in the room right now, that as I talk about Jesus, that, that the Holy Spirit is working in the room to break down the walls. Because life is hard without him. Life is hard without hope. Turn with me to Romans 8. Sometimes I think we've learned a method. We've learned how to do church. And I know this is strong, but we've learned how to do church, but we've lost the understanding of how to love the one who is the creator of the church, the cornerstone of the church. So as Eric Gilmore says, the theme of the Christian life is not to behave, but to behold. I'm gonna ask us to do something at the end of this service that 
Some of you are going to say, yeah, I'm going to engage in that, and others are not, but that's okay. He knows where you are. Romans 8 says this, Therefore there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. If you have not met this Jesus that I'm talking about, then today is the day to find freedom in Him. Today is the day to say, I have made a mess of what I can do in my own life. I need you to come and be my Lord, master, controller, manipulator. He'll do that to you if you surrender. And it won't be in a negative way as the earthly things are. It'll be in a way that will bring life to you. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit when we're behaving or walking according to the flesh my aunt and uncle and my aunt is here Louise is here today but they have a ministry in Israel and the Jews walk according to laws lots of them but we were just sitting and talking about it and how we are so sometimes missing that Jesus took all of that rejection, all of that not accomplishing the law, all the failure, he took it all upon himself so that we could be free. For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, to the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. In Jesus we have life, abundant life. Because the carnal mind is at enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. When we make it about the program, when we make it about behavior, we're not pleasing Him. But religion would tell you that. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells within you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. 
For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by which we cry out, Abba, Father. In the Passion Translation, let me read to you verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading back into the fear of never being good enough, but you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God and you will never feel orphaned for as he rises up within us, our spirits join with him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. The spirit himself bears witness in our hearts that we are the children of God and if children then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. I'm gonna ask you to be vulnerable. Would you stand with me? Caitlin, would you come up? I just wanna worship today as we close this. And I want you to do whatever the Lord says to do. Maybe there's something that needs to be repaired in the room, a relationship or something. I don't know what he's gonna do in this time, but I just wanna take the next few minutes and I wanna make this about him. Maybe you will meet him for the first time inside your brokenness. See, many of us meet him outside of our brokenness and then we invite him into certain parts of our brokenness. But I believe that today he wants to come inside your whole life and he wants to bring wholeness and truth to every part of your being. So as we worship, I just want you to make an altar where you are. You can move around the room, do what he says. But I believe that there is transformation in healing in him today. If you've never asked him to be your Lord and Savior, then right now is the moment. It's not some specific prayer that we pray. All it says is that your heart believes, your mouth confesses, and you say, I want you to be Lord of my life. It's a heart deal. It's not a reciting deal. So if that's you, I just want you to make an altar where you are. And I know that any time in scripture I've read where there was an altar and a sacrifice put on the altar, he sent fire. And that fire will ignite something on the inside of you that you've never even reasoned. So Lord, right now, as we take a few moments, we say, Jesus, you're enough. You're enough. We don't need to behave. We don't need to, I, I truly believe that when we behold him correctly, we will behave because it's out of, we can't take it. We can't not be obedient to him because we so love him as he loves us. So Jesus, would you do something in this moment? Would you come and visit us in this moment? change our hearts change our minds the altars open if you want to come up here and just pray and meet with him if you need prayer for something we have a prayer team that will minister to you thank you lord we worship you come have your way in this place so i'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned in all of the one who gave it all.
start praying. I believe the Lord wants to do something this morning. He's ministering hearts around the room. Would you make much of him today? Would you just lift up your voice to him today? Holy, holy, holy. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Kiyoshi. Can you sing this? Coming like a flood. I don't care what it looks like, cause I'm so in love. So coming like a fire, coming like a flood, Jesus. I don't care what it looks like, cause I'm so in love. You're coming like a flood. I don't care what it looks like, cause I'm so in love. Coming, coming like a fire. Coming like a flood. I don't care what it looks like, cause I'm so in love. And all I want 
there's someone in the room that the Lord has spoken a word over you about something that he's going to birth through you and you've been crying out to the Lord saying but you said but you said but you said and I want to ask you a question I don't know anything that's ever been birthed upon the earth without an intimate engagement the thing that you're asking the Lord that he's spoken to you, but the thing that you're asking the Lord to birth through you will only come through an intimate encounter with him, making him number one and not the thing that he's called you to number one. You see, because he is the object, not the thing that he's called you to. Some of us in the room need to lay down that dream to the one who gave us the dream so that we can have what he's called us to do as a part of our lives. But it takes an intimacy with him. So when we say, come in like a fire, whoo, burn out all the junk. Burn out all the junk. Thank you, Lord. All we need is you. All we need is you. There's an acceleration coming to the body of Christ through intimacy that we could have never prepared for. We could have never prepared for what God's about to birth through us when we become close to Him. Coming like a fire Would you come Coming like a flood I don't care what it looks like Cause I'm so in love Coming like a fire Would you come in like a flood right now I don't care what it looks like Cause I'm so in love one more time Oh, coming like a fire Jesus Coming like a flood be a revelation to your life may the love of Jesus be poured out upon you so you can't even contain it thank you Lord thank you Lord come in like a fire come in like a fire consume us Lord for what you're doing in this place. We thank you, Lord, for always showing up when we come to, come to meet with you. Thank you for your faithfulness, even when we didn't know you were watching over us. 
We didn't even comprehend what you've moved. You've moved things so that we could be in alignment with your will. So we worship you today. We hold you up as number one. Andrew Womack says, if, if we look at a ranking, I'm a zero, he's a one, but when we stand beside each other, we make 10. Lord, you are our compliment. Teach us how to receive your love. And then in turn, Lord, teach us how to share that love with our community. Thank you, Lord. May your peace reign over this house. May your love flow upon every person here. And may we understand the, the funnel that we are to share that with the world. And Lord, I pray over this community that we as leaders would not get caught up in the methods, but we would get caught up in your presence. you are worthy of all of our praise. Lord, I pray that every person here would, in their quiet time with you, whether it be five minutes or five hours, that you would radically, radically invade their space. That you would cover them with your love and that they would encounter you in a way that they've never met you before. And that the fruit of that would be fruit for your kingdom that cannot be taken away, cannot be discarded, but released to this world. So Lord, we worship you. We worship you as we leave this place. May angels go before, behind, beside. We thank you, Lord. us, your people. Purify us, your bride. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. If I could have all the camp leaders, if you're worshiping, stay where you are. The Lord is touching people around the room. I know people are on the floor. Just walk around them. Anyone who's serving in camp this week, would you come forward? There's lots of people that are serving that are not here this morning. By the way, Pastor Sean is in Youngstown uh, preaching for Mary Hall at Youngstown Foursquare, Fifth Avenue Foursquare. Is that what it is? Yes, Fifth Avenue. I've been there. I can tell you what the building looks like, but forgot the name for a moment. If you just come forward, turn around, face this group. Would you extend your hands? We last Before youth camp, we did this, and God showed up in a powerful way over our people, our leaders, our students. Would you extend your hands up here? What's gonna happen is we're gonna pray blessing over them. And then after we pray, I would ask you if the Lord puts on your heart for you to come forward, each one of them will have a stack of wristbands. Our ask for you this week is that you would put on a wristband of whoever you grab. And that every time you look at that wristband that you would pray for them, that God would radically use them as leaders and touch them as our kids because he set our kids apart for something good. 
So with your hands extended toward this group, Father, today before you in this holy moment, we pray over each one of these leaders. Father, as they serve food, as they minister in the tabernacle, as they watch Gaga Ball tournaments, as they, as they just are in your presence in that place, Lord, I ask that you would radically touch every leader. Lord, this camp isn't just about the kids coming. It's about all who are setting aside and sacrificing time to be with you. So Lord, meet them in a mighty way. Touch them, Lord. Answer the questions of their heart, the deep desires of their heart. As they walk through the woods, as they swim in the pool, as they go to the lake, as they fish, as they do whatever they're gonna do, Lord, answer the deep desire and cry in their heart. And Lord, for our, for our kids as they go, they're down in base camp right now. Lord, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would protect them, that you would guide them. Lord, that they would meet friends that they would have for the next 15, 20 years, 50 years. Lord, but most of all, that they would meet you, Jesus. And that all the things that they haven't been taught yet all the things that they haven't learned from the world would be preempted by your presence. And that these students that are going would be a presence generation. People not worried about mechanism, but worried about you and serving you. So Lord, we speak over our students and our leaders. Bless them today. Touch them in many ways ways that they didn't even consider they would be this week. Lord, we pray over the camp as a whole. Lord, the angels would be over the whole property. Lord, the things that, that may break throughout the week, may they supernaturally be touched. May you give wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to every staff member that they may know you and the power of your resurrection. We thank you, Lord, for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So before you leave, if you want to pray, if you want to be a part of that, come forward, meet with one of them. Maybe you'll pray with them right now and grab one of these or multiple of these wristbands. And uh, as you leave, you can drop your offering in the back. But may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace. Jesus' name. If you enjoyed today's message, I would like to encourage you to like it and share it on all social media platforms or jump on the website, thesummitdover.com or the app and click the giving link and help us continue to share the message of the kingdom across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.